Hi, friends. This is Pastor Dan Jackson. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Jacobswell Church. My hope and prayer is that this message will be a blessing to you and lead you into worshiping and enjoying our great and gracious God. With that said, let me encourage you to use this message as a supplement to and not a replacement of a local church. Christ did not establish his church simply for us to consume messages, but so that we could be intimately invested in each other's lives as an authentic covenant community. Again, thank you for listening. And if you want more information about Jacobswell Church, please visit our website at www.jacobswellgb.org. Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other, the other criminal rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he, Jesus, said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Expectations impact so much of how we experience the world around us. Um, the same is true of the cross, but uh, the same is true also in many areas of our lives. As well, each, for example, each community group at Jacob's Well uh, serves at um, a place called the Bridge. It's a local shelter helping the homeless residents overcome the significant challenges uh, towards self-sustained living. So I received a phone call uh, a few Sundays back from a community group saying, hey, David, no one's actually showed up for our event at the bridge. Should we just go and knock on doors or should we leave? uh, Expectations were low. And I said, definitely go and do that. Go knock on doors. Lord willing, some folks will come out to join you. So a little discouraged and with varying levels of discomfort, the group went and knocked on doors. And against expectations, they received an incredible response. The families came in, they, they greatly, the group was able to greatly encourage the group. One individual uh, was just so joyful to have an opportunity to love on a young girl who grabbed her by the hand, pulled her over to a chair, hopped on up onto her knees and they read some books and that little girl didn't leave her side for the rest of the night. That individual was able to love on that girl and her mom in some meaningful and impactful ways. So expectations are honestly what makes part of the cross so hard to believe. Just as it was hard to believe that that event would have had any fruit. But this particular text that we're looking at, it's even more challenging. It should challenge our faith. A man, a thieving man, this close to death, can have his sins completely removed and given perfect salvation and perfect perfection with no baptism, no righteousness to call his own in the entirety of his life. And he did not utter any special prayer or 
provoking uh, words of wisdom. And not only that, this thieving man turns to the man next to him. He turns to Jesus, who is bloodied, naked, tortured, struggling for breath, nailed to the cross next to him. And he actually believes that this man has a kingdom to give him? I used to read this passage and say, how dare that first thief mock Jesus? But as I studied it, I couldn't help but say, how could someone not mock such a moment? It makes more sense to be the first thief. But like the thieves in the cross and the difficult moments, we struggle in our faith and we can be tempted to wonder if Jesus actually has the power and the goodness to rescue us and to conquer our eternal and darkest enemy, sin and death, or if it's just some great fairy tale. But according to our text, we are to be like the second thief. And this this is the second thief's response. Do you not fear God? Do you not fear God? What this second thief understood well is what the first missed, that they as thieves deserved to be tortured, beaten, bloodied, naked, mocked. And he also knew that Jesus did not. He knew that they had reason to fear God. And this fear is not the same kind of fear that a horror movie would seek to instill in you, but it's rather a fear that acknowledges the reverence, worthiness, and honor that is due a perfect God while realizing that this perfect God is the same one who will judge us and who will judge you. The fear of God that this second thief held was actually what kept his vision straight about who Jesus was. It kept it from not being a great fairy tale. You see, the thief's heart and mind was open to the idea that Jesus actually possessed a kingdom that could be given because he was looking for a kingdom that could be given. He knew he needed one. Fear of God opened his eyes to search desperately for a needed kingdom. What also added to the godly fear that this thief had was his confidence in the righteousness of the man next to him. This man has done nothing wrong. Contrary to the first thief, he believed that Jesus was the Christ and that even in his tortured state, he still possessed a kingdom. Even then, that could be offered. The second thief feared God because he knew he deserved to be on the cross and because he knew that Jesus did not. I knew a family that had a child whose parents weren't around very often. So consequently, their parents, when they were around, uh, they rarely punished the child because they wanted what little time they had to be fun-filled and special. I was visiting one time when the child, I was visiting right before bedtime for the child, and um, right before bed, the child asked if they could have a sweet snack, a nice little snack. And the dad said, no, not, not this time. It's too close to bed. 
in tears. The child got so worked up more and more over this instant. It started stomping around the house and repeating over and over for at least two minutes. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I was surprised to see the parent do nothing. They merely said, okay, Charlie. But the child could keep repeating the statement because there was nothing to fear. The child had it backwards in three ways. First, they thought that they were free from guilt. Second, they thought their parents were deserving of guilt. And third, they did not believe their parents had any authority over guilt. The child was like the first thief. And very much unlike the second. The second knew he deserved to be on the cross. Knew that Jesus did not deserve to be on the cross and believed that Jesus had authority to offer that kingdom. How great, or if you rather, how healthy is your fear of God? To what depths do you realize that you deserve to be placed on the cross instead of Christ? To what depths do you realize that Jesus did not? And to what depths do you realize that he has a kingdom to offer you? Witness this incredible passage for that for you to confess even the simplest of confessions and to recognize these realities will cause your Savior to say to you, I tell you the truth, you will be with me in paradise. And this is also the reason why this isn't some great fairy tale. When you fear God, you realize how incredibly true this story is. Your faith becomes easier to hold. When you believe you deserve to be on, a, on the cross, when you believe you need a savior, when you believe that Jesus did not, when you realize that he does, it makes it so easy to believe that he does have a kingdom to offer. Your punishment had to fit the crime. And Jesus bore it. He is the Christ. And he was saving you on that cross. He was able to say to the thief next to him, today you will be with me in paradise. In what area? Why is your fear of God weak? We need these three things in our heart and in our mind to have a healthy fear of God. Do you struggle to see your guilt? Do you struggle to see Jesus' righteousness, innocence, and authority? and struggle to see his incredible love for you when he offers you a kingdom forever. Theologian John Dixon summarizes it wonderfully when he says the following. There is no religion here, no complex theology, just a simple admission of unworthiness and a daring, though insightful, request for mercy. One struggles to think how anyone could have believed in that moment that Jesus possessed a kingdom. He certainly would have not looked very royal at that time. However, he worked it out. This criminal saw what others missed, that not saving himself was exactly how Jesus would save others. And in that perceptive moment, he received one of the clearest promises of salvation in the Bible. 
I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Our God, our creator, much more could be said on this. Lord, much more could be said on our need to have a godly fear of you. That it is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. God, may your spirit guide us and help us to have a righteous and right and healthy fear, Lord, that stirs our affections for the beauty and the goodness and the life that you offer us, that we may indeed, with great confidence, know that you will say to us that we will be in paradise. pray this in your name.